Good to have you all here. Um, we weren't sure how many people there would be for this. We knew it was probably going to be a small group because it's kind of a very specialized topic. But um, just for introduction, I'm John Dysinger. This is my better half, Pam. And we run Bountiful Blessings Farm in Middle Tennessee. And we have been having interns not every year, but, you know, we, we took a sabbatical year or two. But we started, our first intern came in 2008. So we've done it long enough to know um, some twists and turns. Um, and hopefully it's getting better every year. You know, we look back at our early internships and kind of cringe because we didn't know enough to be having interns, but they kind of came to us. Anyway, um, we're going to talk about that, and let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and to learn. Lord, we pray that you would be glorified and honored. We pray that you would help us to know what to say and what not to say. And may this hour together be um, helpful. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're, we're going to have to share a mic here, so this is going to be Awkward. <laughs> we have to stand very close. So, um, I guess the first thing, and, and I look out here, and actually I see quite a few who have been interns on our farm. <laughs> nice to have you here. They're just here to make sure we don't tell stories about them. <laughs> um, we won't tell you their names. <laughs> um, but I guess the first question that we would want to know is, if you're thinking about doing an internship, why would you want to do it? And these are some reasons that we kind of think you might have based on things that we have heard or maybe even felt ourselves. Cheap labor. What farm isn't looking for cheap labor, right? Oops, second one. It'll make your job easier. That's maybe one thing you're thinking, well, this would really help make my job a lot easier. And the last thing is that you might think this is the way to take my farm to the next level and make it more profitable. You can take So if those are your reasons, we would encourage you those aren't good reasons for starting an internship. Um, and, and we'll talk about that more as we go along. So these are reasons that we think are good reasons to have interns. Number one, that you have a passion for agriculture and you want to inspire the next generation. Um, you've probably all heard the statistics that, you know, the average farmer is, I don't know, 60 some years old and yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, we're getting there too, Brad. <laughs> okay, we have an average farmer in the room. But the, the sobering statistics, although I think there is a, an encouraging trend with younger farmers 
especially in the organics and market gardening coming into it. But generally speaking, farmers are getting older and their kids don't want to take over the farm. That's, that's the disturbing trend. Um, so we need, we need a new generation of farmers. And I'll just say here, um, working on a farm, in my opinion, and it's not just my opinion, is a much better education in farming than getting a four-year degree in agriculture at some university. I mean, you can learn a lot of theory in four years, but I've, I've talked to those graduates, and they're like, well, I don't know, you know, tell me, how do I harvest a carrot, you know? I didn't learn that in school. Um, anyway, I, I don't want to down schooling. You know, I, I'd love to go back and get a degree in agriculture now. I, I've thought about that, actually, at times. But nothing like hands in the dirt. Um, if you've reaped the many benefits of God's original plan and you want to share that with others, you know, when you start seeing wow, this is why God created us to live in a garden. Wow, this is an incredible life, even though, you know, it's very hard and lots of challenges, but at the end of the day, you're saying, man, I wouldn't want it any other way. Then you have something to share. And we believe it takes feeling a calling to teaching and training and mentoring young adults. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about that. But it's, it's something you don't do just to make your farm profitable. I think you should speak to that one. Okay, so we would say that there are some prerequisites. And I'm going to just mention this book right now. Oops. Anyone who's thinking of starting an inter internship program, I would highly recommend this book right here, Joel Salatin, Fields of Farmers. It's called Interning, Mentoring, Partnering, Germinating. Highly recommended. It's the only thing out there that I'm aware of really on this subject. Um, many of you probably have heard of Joel Salatin. He's a well-known farmer. He's a, a meat farmer. Um, from Virginia, but he is a Christian, which is nice, and he's a very, very opinionated um, farmer, and so he writes with a lot of passion, but an excellent book. But he, along with us, would agree that um, if you're going to intern, you have to have achieved some level of success you know, you don't want the blind leading the blind. Um, if you're still trying to figure out how to do it yourself, then you're probably going to be sharing with others more frustration and, um, you know, confusion than you are encouragement. So... Um, we're not suggesting that your stand has to look like this, and, but we're saying, you know, you need to be able to 
to have um, to be able to produce. And and I just you know I'm sensitive talking about this because we are very aware of our own areas of weakness and and the fact that we still have so much to learn. So we're not trying to tell you we know it all. Far from it. You know, ask our interns. They'll tell you we we make a lot of mistakes still. Um, anyway. I hear you laughing. <laughs> they know the ins and outs of the Dysingers, so <laughs> they could be speaking about it. So, but anyway, there's, there's no doubt that there just has to be a certain level of... of um, success in the farming realm. If you're trying to teach, you have to have achieved a certain level. But some other things that we think are prerequisites, I wish I had some better, how, better pictures, but um, you have to ask yourself, do you, have better how, do you have any housing? Do you have housing options? So this is our tiniest cabin. This was Kirsten's, our daughter's playhouse. And it's eight feet square. <laughs> That is very small. With a sleeping and loft. it has a sleeping loft that can keep can have one single bed in it. So that's our smallest. Well, but no, honey, we've had a okay. queen size. We it does fit a queen size. John and I have stayed there many times. <laughs> and we've had two. And interns. we did have two sister interns. We also did have two other interns, but I'm going to say that was a very character-building experience for those two young ladies to be in such close quarters. So we really try to just put one person in this little house. Um, but we have two other small cabins that are, are they 12 by 12? They're luxury. They're 12 by 12 <laughs> with, a, with a sleeping loft. No running water. No heat. They do have electricity. Well, I mean, they don't. Yeah, I mean, we have a space heater in them. <laughs> we, do put, we do let them use a space heater. They do have a fan. They have enough electricity to run a fan, plug in your phone. Um, and those are nicer cabins. I think our interns that have been in more recent years have, have found those to be quite adequate. Another one is, do you have an established team? You know, we couldn't do our internship if it was just John and I. It's not the way we run the internship. Um, these young people are integrated into our family. And we have a team. Beyond that, we have a team of, uh, on our farm. We have our son Joshua and his wife Kelly who work with us full time. So that gives us some additional help for management in working, you know. My husband, would, it would be very difficult for him if he had to manage all the workload plus the teaching load of the interns. And so we have an adequate team. And then we've pulled in some people from our church who have a burden for young people as well. They're hand-picked people that we felt, you know, would mentor young people. And they have a, a rotating um, weekends, you know. But again, like this year, I think out of the six months, um, yeah, we only had about, about five 
weekends that we were not responsible for the interns because this one had other obligations and that one had other obligations. So, you know, you just have to have enough. Like, we, I think Nick and Kirsten, our daughter and her, her husband took them for one of an additional weekend. So um, we couldn't do it, just John and I. It would wear us out the way that we do the internship. So do you have a supportive church family? Get them involved. Pull them in. Just one comment on that. You know, most most internships um, are just farming internships. And, you know, at 5 o'clock or whenever you quit, the interns are on their own to do whatever. You know, go to town, whatever they want to do. The weekends, you know, they're off. Doing their own thing. You know, yeah, doing what young people do. But that's that's not I mean, when I say young people, I'm talking about the world, you know, but not our young people. No, not our interns. Um, We we view this as something bigger than just, you know, teaching them farming. We, We want to be showing a lifestyle and a way of life that would be an encouragement to them. So we do take. Um, responsibility for the weekend as well and that doesn't mean we never just say well you know we don't have anything planned for Sabbath afternoon so you guys are on your own most of our interns actually come from a distance so they don't even have their own transportation so they're kind of dependent on us for getting to church or going wherever so um, yeah so you just have to kind of decide what kind of internship you really want is it a is it a immersive one where you're trying to structure it 24-7, or is it just a work internship? Mm-hmm. Um, but the bandwidth, you know, I mean, farmers wear a lot of hats, as anyone who's done it knows, and, and there's always more to do than there's time to do it in. So adding another layer of complexity on top of it you just have to kind of ask yourself can i handle this mm-hmm. and and again for us we couldn't handle it without you know a team yeah but and and beyond that too i think you have to recognize um everybody's bandwidth is different so you know some people can stretch farther um yesterday Imian was talking about he and his wife and for those of you who heard his testimony, I could relate to that. My husband and I can work, and that gives us joy. And we can work, and we can keep working, and we can stretch. And we, you know, so our bandwidth is maybe wider than, so you just have to really be honest with, you know, what you can do. So we want to just share with you sev- three different structures that we know of for internships. So. I don't know if any of you are familiar with George Henderson, but he, he is long since deceased, but he was a, would you call him? Um, he I was mean, an English farmer, and he's written a number of books. An inspiring writer. Um, but here's what his internship looked like. 
Um, the, they called them apprentices. The apprentices received room and board. Uh, they paid the farmer for the first three months. So there the apprentice is coming and he's paying the farmer for three months. And then if, the, if they were competent workers, George, he would return the same fee for the last three months. So you see then it's, there's no pay. They, don't, they, they pay, but he pays them back. It's actually a pretty inspired system because, you know, the first three months you're spending a lot of time mm -hmm. training, and it usually takes a number of months before you can just kind of tell the interns, okay, go do this, and they know what to do. Um, so, yeah, good system, but doesn't meet all the uh, Department of Labor requirements. Oh, you want me to? Okay. So Joel Salatin, we talked about him in this book, Fields of Farmers. He has a, a, a little different approach. Interns, he, he takes eight interns each summer. Tell them how many apply. Yeah, he gets like over 200 applications a year. So they have quite a strenuous um, process to, I mean, they're, they're just picking the cream of the crop. They're, they're picking for good workers. And, and we're picking for who does God have to be on the farm this season. We don't really pick. We don't select. God really just brings them to us. And for the most part, we take them as they've up. We've never had more. Only one time have I ever had to tell someone no. So, um, and that was last year. And so... In Adventist circles, there's not a lot of interns out there seeking internships. That's what we realize. There needs to be more inspiration. We need to help young people to understand why. Why should you even consider agriculture as a life work? So they do get a monthly stipend, and we'll come back to that in just a minute. There's no official class time, although they do, he does like once a month try to do some kind of class kind of thing. Um, and it's a four-month internship. So they come for four months, and then they choose two of those to stay on for what they call an apprenticeship that goes the whole year. So that's Joel's approach. And I'll have to say that, do you recognize either of those people? The one on this the left is, uh, is now the chair of Adagra, Alan Seiler. And the one on the right is now our son-in-law. <laughs> Nick I'll Connect. put in this plug. If you're, if you're needing potential mates for your... <laughs> your young people, interning is an amazing way to, to help um, figure out who's right for your, for your kids. We, we didn't make Nick work for seven years, though. We felt like it. He got off easy with two. <laughs> anyway, I, what I was going to say is that our internship has looked... We have done many different things, and at one point... Our interns were paying us to intern, and after that, they, we gave them a stipend, a small stipend, 
And after that, well, you'll see what we're doing now. So ours is a six-month legal unpaid internship, and it's from March to August. So in our sabbatical of, of 2018, one of John's main goals was to really ask the Lord, how do we structure our internship legally? Because what we didn't say about Joel Salatin's approach, so he... Well, we'll talk about that in the next slide. Okay, we'll talk about that later. So <laughs> we, we, we just chose, after John did the research, that ours fit best in the legal unpaid internship. That's what we wanted it to be. Um, so interns receive room and one meal a day. Um, we have lunch together, and then they get a food stipend, um, which is enough to cover. It's been adequate, eh? <laughs> They're shaking their heads. Yes, it has. <laughs> Maybe not for all of them. <laughs> it depends on what you eat. And this is what we tell them at the very beginning. We want you to learn how to live simply. This, you know, I think a message that we need to be giving more at, at Agra is simple living. How do we live on less so that we actually can be farmers? And so that's part of our internship. We want them to take that money, and we want them, ideally, at the end, to have saved some of that money. If they're very wise, if they eat simply, like we eat... They get $100 a month. But they're providing breakfast, and they can eat whatever they want from the farm. So some, we have had interns, some interns that ate vegetables and salad for breakfast because they wanted to... Save that money. And um, so anyway, you know, we eat oatmeal. We eat hot cereal. Hot cereal is so cheap. I feed, if I, I feed our family for $100 a month breakfast because we eat hot cereal, which is really cheap. <laughs> Doesn't use much milk. All right. So they get up to two hours of class per day. And that we, that's kind of across the season. There are some times when the class is more. There are some times when the class is less. Um, but basically two hours. We also require additional reading. We have a very expansive um, library of agriculture books. My husband is a reader, so every new book on the market is added to our library. So our interns have a lot of opportunity to learn beyond classwork. So as John said earlier, it's an immersion experience. We immerse them into our family. They're with us for lunch. They're with us for worship in the evening. Our recreation is together for the most part. Um, I mean, sometimes they go off and do something by themselves, but um, we try to, yeah, to, to just draw them, them in. in. The family. It's not perfect. Sometimes they probably don't feel included. In the past, it's been, I would just say with each internship, I believe it's gotten, we've gotten better at, um, at running the internship, knowing where to set the boundaries and, and where to just open it up and say, come on in. I know you need to talk. Okay, so let's, how much time Oops. do we have? Until 11.30. Oh, we're good. Yeah. So we do extend the opportunity for two interns to stay on for an additional two months. So the regular internship ends the end of August, and we keep two on through October, 
and that's because we grow year-round and September October is is the main planting time for fall and winter um, we are this year we had two we haven't figured out what to call them yet but um, advanced two, interns two former interns that we hired to come back and and we actually liked that model and we're gonna we're gonna try to to figure out how to go forward with that because then you have two people that you're not holding their hand you know it's like hey we need this done please do it and that's very helpful and I and and I okay I think that the other thing is that for those interns well both of them well one is actually working with the bakery more than with the farm still involved some with the farm but not so much but um, the one that's been hired on to work on the farm is someone who is that's Keith he's here for those of you who are in this room Keith Hankins is is the one who works with us and but for him because he's destined to be a farmer it's been a, I think he would say, it's been a wonderful experience for him too. It's a win-win. And we tell him all the time, Keith, as soon as it's not a win-win, you should go. Because we want it to be a win for him. And as soon as the Lord has something else for him, we will totally send him off with some sorrow, but a lot of joy. Because we know that he's in God's hands. So um, we see... <laughs> We see the interns, we see that advanced internship as an opportunity for an intern to really understand what it is to be a farmer. Okay, so we'll talk for, for a few minutes here on pay structures, and this is where it gets a little bit uh, dicey, I guess you could say. Um <laughs> So there are internships, and as my wife said, there was a time, I, it was only one year actually, where, you know, our goal was kind of going down the educational route, more the a training school kind of thing, and we were trying to broaden the internships so they were having more learning experiences than just agriculture, you know, because farming is not just growing stuff it's building it's repairing it's um uh, i mean it just goes on and on you know it's it's what what did dr nedley call it last night um 3d 3d learning 3D. no at the end of his talk a anyway. uh, complex something about complex, complex job Anyway, it's all of that. <laughs> um, what was it? Exactly. Farming is, is like the pinnacle of occupational complexity, I think. Of course, that's what I do, so I'm, of course I'm going to think but it. But you have to be a plumber and an electrician and a builder and a mechanic and a farmer and yeah, a bookkeeper. And and a the problem is I'm person. not all those, and so that's... That's why you it, have to have a team. Yeah. That comes back to the team. So charging for your internship is, is one way to go about it. 
Um, a stipend is probably the most common way that I have seen it done where it's like we we can't pay you a going wage but be, and because we're trying to train you as well, we want you to view this as an education and we'll give you a monthly stipend to cover your basic necessities and that's kind of and this is kind of how Joel Salatin does it. You know, Joel has a big beef with government, anybody who's read anything that he has to write. And um, he's like, who are you to tell me who I can hire and who I can't and how much I have to pay them? If it's a if it's agreement between you and me, why is the government involved? If, if you want to come and learn on my farm for $500 a month, why can't you do that? And so I would say most of the internships I'm aware of kind of do this, which is technically, I guess I should be careful what I say on Audioverse, you know, technically illegal, but their view is, hey, these people want to come to my farm and learn. So anyway. And, and, and we're not saying that that's all of a wrong approach. We're just saying that for us, we really want as much as possible to just cooperate so that when they look at us, they can't find fault with us regarding our business and how we do it. And so not to say that we do everything perfectly, but we just that's just our conviction to say that we want we want to do it the way that is approved so that, yeah, if we're audited you know they're not going to say oh you've been doing this for all these years and it's just not worth it to us and we really feel like our program fits in with the legal unpaid internship so again this legal unpaid internship is a bit vague itself and i was just doing some more research in preparation for this class and you know there there are seven kind of things that a legal unpaid internship is supposed to fit into. But basically, the the big thing is who is the primary beneficiary? Is it the, the employer or the intern? Um, and, and so if it were to go to court, that's what they're going to be looking at. So I would say after looking at it again, and, and the rules have changed a little bit, you know, somebody might try to argue that ours doesn't fit in the legal unpaid internship. Because one thing I was reading is they're usually shorter than six months. They're like two months, two or three months or something. But <coughs> if you can show that the interns are the primary beneficiary, then you have a legal standing. But if if the court says, well, you're just trying to get around it and you're just trying to get free labor, um, you could be in trouble. Does that make sense? Um, so we try to do enough for the interns that we could argue, well, you know, and, and we believe that we can farm without interns. You know, it would change a little bit. We wouldn't grow as much, and we might 
kind of, I mean, we would definitely switch things up some, but we're not dependent on interns to run our farm. Um, so again, this, this is a little bit shady area, but again, you know, we lay it up front when, when interns come, they know they're not getting paid. We tell them that up front, and so there's no expectations there. But we try to pay them by what we give them. And, and I think most leave feeling like it was six months well spent. So I think the most legal, I don't know how else to say that, the, the most, um, I guess, to have clear the, cut. the clean, cut. clean cut, that's probably a good way to say it. The most clean cut way to do it would be to pay them at least minimum wage. And I think minimum agricultural wage is different. Brad, what, what is... $15 an hour in California. Is even for agricultural workers. Okay, so... 15 hours minimum wage here in California. Okay, Minnesota is eight dollars an hour. Boy, our uh, we were surprised for Tennessee because it's been like seven twenty-five, but it's jumped this year to twelve. That's a huge jump. Um, anyway, the point is, you pay them at least minimum wage. But then you just charge for everything you do. You know, you have to charge for housing, for utilities, for Classified. instruction. Um, for and, you know, I mean, you can make it come out in the wash, you know. Yeah, charge them for field trips. and But, you know, it's just that level of complexity that we really didn't want to go to of, of all the paperwork and everything. So at this point, we're sticking with the legal unpaid internship. Um, but again, you know, just to be safe, we need to tell you. Basically, a stipend is not a legal. It's, it's not legal. If you pay somebody anything, they're an employee, and you have to follow all the, all the, um, the rules. They would, at minimum, be a contract. The, not employee, but a contract laborer, and you'd have to give them a 1099. So, any and that's a whole another topic. Um, anyway, I think we'll stop there. But I just know that there's a lot of different ways to do this. Some totally above board. Some um, depending on your conscience and what you feel comfortable with we're we're trying to walk that line somewhere in between and so far it's worked you know the main thing is if if uh if an intern were to report you and saying they're they're you know i'm slave labor here um and then you might get into trouble but you know any intern that says i want to come work on your farm chances are that's not going to be an issue We'd catch that slave labor attitude before they they went and turned us in, probably. You can tell. <laughs> There's a lot you can tell.
Okay, so we're going to talk for a few minutes about what we think, not to say that we have all the answers. Our interns, we should have them, but what things that we think, yeah, if there's time, we can bring them up here and you can talk to them. Um, What we think from our past experience it takes to make a good internship. And so we think it takes proper infrastructure. We kind of already talked about that with housing. Um, in the early years, we didn't have that, and we had interns living with um, when John's brother and his family were, were working with us on the farm in those early years. They actually had some interns living with them. It's just, if Joel says the, right at the beginning, don't ever have interns living with you, and, and we feel like that is just don't do it. Just take our word for it. Take Joel's word for it. Don't have interns living with you. Now, we fudged on that this year with Keith. He's not an intern. We knew him. He, we had a relationship. We knew that it would work. So Keith has actually lived in our home this year, um, and that's been fine. But with interns, you know, usually it's not somebody that you know, and you need that break from the interns. Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing I want to emphasize. It's not it's not that you don't like them or it's not that they're even hard to have in the house, but I guess you'd only know this if you've been there. And and I think a lot depends on your personality too, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert and that kind of thing. But just having somebody in your house um, changes the way, the the, changes the dynamics of your family. And it's just, I don't think it's healthy long term. And, you know, for us, the interns are in our home a lot. You know, they're there for meals. They feel very much at home. You know, sometimes, sometimes we have to remind them, could you knock before you come in? <laughs> you know, it's, it's just that, and that's, we want it to be that way. So it's, this is, we're kind of, you have to know what, what you can handle. It kind of goes back to the bandwidth. When it comes to bandwidth on work, my bandwidth is much wider than it is on having people constantly in my space because I'm an introvert. So, you know, I, by the end of the day or by, you know, after worship, I'm ready. Okay, good night, guys. You know, (laughs) try to do it with a smile on my face. But, you know, you just have to, you know, the day's over. You have to have a little space. Most people need that. So... Um, intentional planning. Our internship has been the very best when we have had a real plan. Now, I'll tell you, in 2020, we were prepared. We had a great plan for our internship. That was going to be, I want to say, the best internship on our record. And COVID hit. And I mean, our plans went flying out the window. Every farm tour that we had planned was canceled and but we still had a great internship, and I will have to say that 2020 internship was, stands out for us, um, partly because it was one of the most difficult years we have ever had on a farm. And for those of you who've read our testimony, we've had some really hard years, but 2020 took the cake. It's just that we were farther... It didn't have anything to do with COVID. It didn't have anything to do with COVID. It didn't have anything to do with the interns. It was natural disasters. Hoop houses being destroyed. Our pond, our irrigation pond, emptied. 
emptied. We had no way to irrigate except going back to the pump out of the creek, which we did many, many years ago. We just had trial after trial after trial. One of the costs of internship, our, our van accidentally got filled with gasoline instead of diesel. I mean, I'm going to tell you, anybody who knows about the dollar figure attached to that kind of mistake, it was, well, thankfully, it didn't ruin the engine. It was it only didn't, four grand. It, it, was, it was a little more than that. But the bottom line is that it was, um, we had intentionally planned for 2020. And 2021, we also had pretty good plans. So goal setting, that's not just between us. That's when the interns come, we sit down with them. What are your goals? Now, we have room to grow in this. We are not as good at keeping on task with them to know how's it going with your goals, you know. Um, but we do. We sit down, and, and at the end, we do look over them and say, you know, sorry, we missed that one, or sorry, you know. But we are able to kind of help them to reach some goals outside of just the agriculture. Field trips. You want to talk about field trips? So... I think you all have figured out in farming there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, every farm does things a little differently, and it's not like there's one right way. So we recognize, you know, we have our systems and we do it like this, but we don't want you to think this is the only way it can be done. So we try to give them exposure you know, there's more and more local farms in our area, so we try to pick out some of the best people that we know, and we go and visit their farm. And one cool thing about having this big workforce is it's, you know, we just kind of barter with the farmers. If you'll give us a farm tour, we'll take a couple hours, and, you know, you've got 10 pairs of hands to, to do a project, and so it, it becomes a win-win for the farms that we visit, plus us. We're learning. Yeah. I'm sorry I don't have more pictures, but if you come by our booth, we have a, um, some pictures rotating that show some of the field trips we've, we've gone on um, in 20... Did we go to Siler's? But anyway, we usually try to get four or five field trips in. Outings. This is an outing. At the end of the internship, we, we go on a camping trip. We have a number of outings. We try to do one or two camping trips. We take them to a camp meeting. We, after the spring rush, we have a day of canoeing and kayaking. Um, I don't know what other outings we've done, but outings are important. Morale boosts. This is something that I'm... I'm learning about more and trying to be more intentional. You know, just a smoothie on a hot day can really boost morale. Just a cup of lemonade, you know, um, just those things, just a special lunch. You know, sometimes I know um, some, some interns it's easier to do this with because they're more expressive. But I'll use my son-in-law as an example. He loved to eat. I mean, and, and I knew the things that he loved to eat. Of course, he wasn't my son-in-law when he was doing the internship. But um, he loved certain kinds of things. And when I would make them, ah, that was just like, oh, Aunt Pam, this food looks amazing. 
So, you know, and you boost one person's morale and the rest kind of come along and are excited about it too. So um, when you are not paying someone for their labor, you have got to do extra work to keep morale high. And, you know, that might be cutting out of work early and we have a volleyball net going up and playing volleyball or going to the pond and swimming in 2020. We did lots of swimming in 2021. We did no swimming, um, <laughs> except 2020, the pond did. That's the year that it, it emptied. So I don't know. I guess they swam before and after, but um, there was still a fair bit of swimming in 2020, 2019, probably more so. Work, worship, play together. We, um, you know, we try to work hard. We, um, we do work hard, right? <laughs> Nod your heads if you've worked on our farm. But we, but I, but we do have a rather leisurely schedule, right? Compared to yeah. most farms, we really do. Yeah, it's, it's almost embarrassing to tell our schedule because it, it seems luxurious for a farm. But um, we start work at 8.30, or class, you know, because, I mean, there are many times, and I tell the interns, in the heat of the summer, they are welcome to go out early if they would like. But we have a strong feeling we don't want anybody to say that they didn't have time for quiet time with the Lord because they had to get up and out at, you know, 6 a.m., to work so we start at 8 30 and we and, encourage and there's no excuse for not having yeah. time with the lord in the morning and having a good breakfast um and then as as pam said we have evening worship together and of course friday evening and, and sabbath saturday evening S- sabbath evening is is usually game night you know, it, it's important. Uh, all work and no play makes what? Jack a dull boy. So we don't want any dull boys or girls. <laughs> so we try to play together as well. You know, just wholesome kinds of things. We, I mean, we play games, but but we, you know, obviously we, we don't emphasize competition. We do ooga booga together. <laughs> Uh, you can't ask what Ooga Booga is because it's a uh, We play the animal secret. game, the vegetable game. We play, we play board games. But, I mean, honestly, that's just a transition from our own family life. So in our family circle, Sabbath evening, we always played games with our children. And so um, we still have one at home, and we play games. <laughs> All right, so the cost of internship – there are costs. Um, expect things to be lost or broken. We don't need to tell you all the stories. Expect accidents to happen. Expect to spend a lot of time training and counseling. You know, our internship, I, I was going to look and see, you know, this year. Some things are a little bit, but I estimate... I, I'm going to say that pretty much it costs us about $20,000 a year to run the internship. So I am confident that we, the farm earns more than $20,000 a year to take up that lack. But where we don't 
you know, like the situation with our van or the situation we had an intern that rolled our tractor years ago. You know, we had an intern who'd locked my desk and I, my, my desk where all my bookkeeping stuff is, I couldn't get in for a month. I mean, how do you put dollar figures on those kinds of accidents? You know, um, just there things always, tools always get broken. You know, the, the door of our truck got torn off because somebody, I don't know what they were doing, but, you know, you, those kind of acts, when I say 20,000, that's not including those kind of things. That's just including what it costs to pay them their, you know, their food allowance. I, I get a food allowance also to feed them because that's a costly thing. I don't have that in my personal budget. Um, all of the field trips we take, all of the outings we do, all of the whatever, um, it adds up. So, and then you have to expect, and I, I didn't really, I, I don't want, the, the word expect is the wrong word there, because I count it a privilege. I count it a privilege to spend that time talking to them, coming close to them, hearing their hearts, hearing their burdens, you know, hearing the things that are, they're trying to process through. Young people today have so much that they're processing that, you know, they need, they need adult mentors in their lives. And for those who are open and willing, it's a joy and a privilege. To me, that's what makes my heart sing with the internship, is that relation, relationship that's built. Um, and then we already kind of talked about that, expect a loss of privacy. So I, I just say in this picture, that's our daughter in the middle, when our son-in-law on the left. And Kate and Cavell Blood, they are also here. They were interns, and Cavell is on the board of AdAgra now. So that's gratifying to us to see some of our former interns still very much involved with agriculture. And they have a little farm, too, close to us. Okay, we need to close quickly here so we have a few minutes for questions. So, you know, there's no question that there are benefits to more hands. Um, you know, our farm is more weed-free, I think, because of interns than if, I mean, you know, I mean, if you're a farmer, you understand. You can't get it all done. Um, but it is a blessing because I'm a little bit of a OCD. You know, I like everything to look nice because it... I, I can't relax when it doesn't look nice. So um, interns definitely help with that. There can be financial gain. You know, ideally, they should make you money. Um, uh, you know, some do, some don't. That's the bottom line. It It is a blessing that we are less tied down. So, like, you know, usually once a summer... We, you know, we have family reunions or we have other obligations here or there. And it's like, okay, guys, this is your time to rise and shine. You're doing farmer's markets all by yourself, all the harvest, all everything. And usually they love that challenge and they will do a wonderful job and nobody will miss us. Um <laughs> But it does give you a little more freedom, more opportunities to serve. 
And, you know, many hands make light work. It, it does. There are many jobs that, you know, by yourself, it can be a bit overwhelming. But when you have five or six interns working alongside you, it's, wow, that didn't take long at all, you know. So there are definite gains there. Oh, well, okay, so we're going to quickly summarize here. Have a clear vision of why you're doing this. Make sure you have a team with the needed skill set. Be realistic about the costs. Be intentional about training, mentoring, and having fun. And know your own boundaries. You know, can you actually hand, handle this mentally, physically, emotionally, and so on? And there are rewards. I was going to give you the mic. <laughs> um, so obviously, a lot, uh, seeing lives changed, you know? We had an intern that came straight from Chicago. That was... And that was so interesting and so rewarding to see just like he'd never been in the country before um, and to watch the change. Uh, deep relationships can be built. Watching some, not all, but some catch the vision for agriculture and true education. I would say they all catch the vision for agriculture on the home setting. Um, and that's really what we're shooting for. We're not shooting that they would all become farmers. Um, seeing their characters grow and develop through hard work, lots of change and growth happens in those six months. And just the privilege for continued mentorship. I mean, at Agra, we always see our interns, and it's a happy reunion. And so... Those and are I get lots of texts and emails yeah. from interns. What do I do about this? How do I do that? What's the spacing for this? And, and I'm happy to, you know, I don't always answer immediately because I can't or I don't have my phone on me, but it's a privilege to, to do that. Okay, there's more that could be said, but we've got five minutes. I guess we can fudge a little bit since it's lunch after this, right? Um, any questions? Matt? What happens if somebody gets hurt? What happens if somebody gets hurt? That's a good question. We do have a, a, a farm liability, quite a large farm liability policy, which my understanding is that it covers that kind of thing. Now, are you thinking of like workman's comp and that kind of thing? You know, I think it's probably an area we should. We should check with our insurance. But well, I mean, I know we have checked before yeah. about people working on the farm, but as yeah. Yeah, so we should check on that. But I'll just say this. We do our part to make sure that they don't get hurt. And I, you know, like interns are not actually allowed to drive the tractor. After we had that tractor roll episode, I mean, that was really scary. And we just kind of stepped back and said, okay, you know, they have to be at least 20. And I'll say this, all interns have to be 18. We don't take any, I can't tell you how many 
ask us. But we have been we have been very firm with that, and we are more firm with it than ever. They have to at least be 18, and to drive the the tractor, they have to be at least 21. And you know, because we're not a tractor farm, accidents are much less um, likely. I guess. Yeah, I mean, we're we are. We are trying to teach the market gardening model, which is not dependent on tractors. So, you know, it's, it's, it's harder to get seriously injured with hand tools. Um, I mean, obviously, you can get injured. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think, to be totally honest, it's probably something we need to look at in more detail. Um, Praise the Lord, we haven't had any serious injuries, but it's good to plan. What is the maximum of that you have in one hand? You know, the, it's, it's based on housing right now. So at the moment, we can have up to six interns, really five comfortably to most comfortably. Um, so, you know, you don't want to have too many or it dilutes the whole experience. Mm -hmm. And Joel Salatin says you need a manager for every three interns. Um, And I think that's probably realistic. And probably you're looking at that picture and thinking that's more than... So we did last year have a family, and they provided their own housing. They came with a trailer. Um, But we actually are moving... This year our farm is doing four week-long trainings, that we hope will meet the needs of families because our internship really is geared towards young young adults. That's where our heart is. That's where we feel our calling is. And so um, we're steering families now toward, towards our week-long trainings. In that uh, monthly training for families, which month of the year do you are planning to do that and how much cost? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we don't have time to go into all of that, but but we're happy to talk to you afterwards. It's a weekly training. It, it's a week one, one week, week long. We, four sessions one week long. March, yeah. April, July and September. Okay, model for dealing with interns who don't um, catch the vision. And, um, you know, honestly, I can say we have not had any of those. I, I think probably the way our internship is set up kind of weeds those out naturally. You know, they're not coming here as a summer job because they're really not making money. Um, you know, so I think if we were just having employees, which in many ways is easier, I mean, obviously some ways it's more complicated, then that becomes more of an issue. You know, we've certainly had interns that didn't know how to work, but it wasn't that they didn't want to work or they were, we have, I, I think I can honestly say we've never had any that were grumblers and complainers. Well, we, we did have one, one intern who did get a little bit. They came after we had been giving a stipend. So they were in the first group of that legal unpaid internship. 
And I sensed, and this is what I was saying earlier, you can sense. I just sensed there was just a poor spirit developing. And I pulled that one aside and just sat down and just said, okay, so what's going on? I just, you know, some comments that you've made, some things that you've said make me feel like you're feeling kind of like slave labor here. And we don't, that's, we don't want that. And so we were able to talk it through and process it through. And I'm going to say from that point on, that intern had a very different perspective because I was able to help them have a different perspective. Okay, so have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Um, we have had some interns that, you know, if we were just in it for good farm labor, they would have been right out the window in the first week. But we, we, that's not why we do the internship. It's because we are doing it because we, we want to invest in young people's lives and we want them to grow. We want them to come to know the Lord. We want them to learn to walk with the Lord. We, we want to be a part of that process. And so I'm going to say it sometimes it has been very character building for us. Um, because, yeah, you just want something to get done quick, quick, and they might work on their own speed. Sometimes they might work fast, and sometimes they might work slow as snails. So then you're trying to help them, you know, regulate. And then you have to sit down and say, okay, honestly, you know, I don't think that you really, at this point, at this labor, you know, you're not showing that you could make it in agriculture. Not everybody can make it in agriculture. So there's got to be some honest exchange. Maybe one more question. At Agra, I mean, most of our interns, there are, I mean, I'm going to say this. Let me just back up and say this. At the question was, where do you find your interns? Yes, thank you, honey. Um, I get that question all the time at farmer's markets because our interns make a very positive impact at farmer's markets. And people, customers say, where do you get your, you guys always have the nicest interns. And it's opportunity to say, you know, we find them. In, you know, in our church circles, the Lord leads them to us. They all share common Christian faith with us. Um, But pretty much from our going out and doing presentations or sharing or at Agra, word of mouth. mouth. Um, Yeah, and I would say at Agra is the biggest way, you know, people... There are getting to be some other internships. I think Matt is looking for... How many are you looking for? So, you know, ideally there would be internship opportunities all over the country. Um, That hasn't been the case. Hopefully that will be changing, you know, as there become more and more Adventist farms. But for a while we were the only one that we were aware of. Fisher Farms usually hires one or two, I mean, it's not exactly an internship, but um, it's similar. They, they pay better than we do. <laughs> well, um, it's just a totally different. It's, it's totally different. They're hiring an employee, and we're running an internship. Just one quick thing on, on the, you know, we talked about um, two hours of class time. Basically, that's divided. We, half of that is spiritual. We, we study the book Education, and then we go through councils on agriculture. Um, and then the other half is technical, you know, going through, through agriculture 
books. So it is, we try to have a balanced program. Okay. Any, well, yeah, well, we, we don't have to rush off. So if you have other questions, you can come up and ask us. Thank you so much for your time. Hopefully that was helpful. And let's end with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be together. We thank you for the privilege of teaching and training and mentoring. And Lord, if there are farmers here who um, are feeling called to, to be those trainers and mentors, I pray that you would work on their hearts and open the way for them. And if there are any who are thinking of internships, I pray that you would impress them with that as well. And Lord, we just want to be about your work. We want to walk with you in the garden. And so we pray that you would continue to guide and direct each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio, and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.